All right, guys, it's 2024. Uh, We're going to get into this together today. Uh, Today and next Sunday is going to be all about vision casting. We want to talk about what's the vision for this year? What's the dream for this year? What is God wanting to do this year? And so if you get your notes out, which are in your bulletin, or they're also in our church app, they're attached to this video if, uh, if you're watching this on our website, and they're attached to this audio if you're listening to the podcast. Our big picture point today is pretty simple. Let's catch a hold of God's vision for KBC in 2024 and begin to run with a renewed passion and focus, right? So today's message is going to be about vision, and it's going to be about movement, the vision is great, but we got to run with it, right? Otherwise, it's just, it just sounds good. Let's start in Habakkuk chapter 2. The prophet Habakkuk said this. He said, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the watchtower, and I will keep watch to see what he, God, will say to me and how I may reply when I am reprimanded. So Habakkuk, as the prophet, says, I'm going to get up on the watchtower, I'm going to station myself there, and I'm going to receive a word from the Lord. And so this process of developing vision as as the chief elder, as the chief shepherd of the church, I do that. I station myself to begin to hear from God. And I also prepare myself to be reprimanded because that's part of the package. I station myself to hear from God. But the church is not just led by me. The church is always led by a plurality. And so uh, I take what God is speaking to me, to the team, and we process it together and fine-tune it. And even some of the members of the church that, that aren't on the leadership team have a part in it. Uh, I don't see Auntie Lillian here. I think she still has the flu. But uh, uh, she doesn't even know it, but she spoke something into me last month that helped shape the vision. Right, So I take it to the team, and we begin to shape it and process it and fine-tune it together. So that's what we do. We stand on the watchtower. We get the vision. So Habakkuk says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write down the vision and inscribe it clearly on tablets so that one who reads it may run. Right, God gives him the vision, but then he tells Habakkuk, Make the vision clear. Make it obvious. Make it easy to understand so that people can run with it. And that's our goal today. We want to declare vision, and we want us together as a church to run with it. Amen? So you can see in your notes, God gave us four divine priorities, four things to focus on. It doesn't mean these are the only four things we're going to do. But these are the four most important things that we are going to focus on together as a church in 2024. Number one, 24 for 2024. All right, that's a rallying cry. 24 for 2024. What does that mean? It means that we are setting a goal that this year we will water baptize 24 people who were previously unchurched. All right, I got one amen, and then the rest I got looks of fear. Okay. Um, All right, you say, that's a huge goal for our little church. 
In business literature, they call it a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, okay? You say, that's a huge goal. What if we don't get it? Yeah, what if we set this goal and we only get 20? Man, 20 new believers in our church would just bring our church to life. It would be amazing. I always believe this. If you shoot for the moon and miss, you still end up among the stars. So we're going to shoot for the moon. 24 for 2024. And here's what we're going to do. I got these numbers up here. I got to tell you about these numbers, all right? God gave me this vision And I didn't know how to do it, so Fran actually pointed me in the right direction. These are just foam board numbers. You can buy them off of Amazon. And you see them at, like, birthday parties or weddings or things like that. So I ordered them, and they came in the mail. But when I opened up the package, the light bulbs were junk. And the light bulbs were the key, man. The light bulbs had to be awesome. So Mark and I said, that's okay, we'll run our own light sockets in them. So we did. But then we discovered why the light bulbs were junk. Because our light sockets were too heavy for the foam board, and the foam board began to crumple. So then I had to build a wooden frame to stop the foam board from crumpling, and now we have what I envisioned. Come on. Woo! So... Max, you're going to need these, man. All right, there you go. All right. Here we go. I got to do this, too. We only have one camera today on our digital campus, so I got to let the digital campus in on this. Here we go. Come on. Now, you will notice that not only... Is it the number 24? But there are exactly 24 light bulbs. 12 in each number. God is good. That's how that happened. So here's what we're going to do. Next Sunday, when you come to church, all 24 light bulbs are going to be gone. It's just going to be the numbers with no lights. But every time we water baptize a new believer... As a part of that water baptism celebration, now we're going to dry them off first so we don't electrocute anybody. As a part of that celebration, we're going to screw in a light bulb. And that's going to represent a new light that has come alive from the darkness. And by the end of the year, we're believing that we're going to have all 24 light bulbs screwed in. And we are going to rejoice like crazy, like the Bible says, the angels in heaven rejoice when even one person comes to know Jesus. Come on, give him praise. Now, it's got to be somebody who's previously unchurched. All right, if we get a family that changes churches, like we'll receive them, but we're not going to screw in a light bulb for them. So what do I mean by previously unchurched? Well, it doesn't mean that they've never known Jesus or never gone to church before. It just means that they've been disconnected from church for a long time. So maybe they came to know Jesus as a child, but they fell away from their faith and they're coming back. Maybe they used to be a part of church, but then life happened and they haven't been to church in years and they're coming back. Or it's just somebody who's never known Jesus before. 
And so I'll just say this. We had two hands raised this morning. Those might be our first two light bulbs. Come on, give him praise. Those might be our first two light bulbs. Thank you, Jesus. So we're using water baptism as the key because it's just one step further than just simply praying the sinner's prayer. That means we need to make more opportunity to do water baptisms. So here's what we're going to do in 2024. We're going to take the last Sunday of each month, and I don't know what to call it yet. I don't have a catchy name. I was thinking of Sacrament Sunday, but that just sounded too Catholic. So uh, we're not going to do that. But we're going to take the last Sunday of each month, and we're going to make it available for all of the things that are key to our family life together as a church. So that means water baptisms, baby dedications, and welcoming in new members to the church. So the last Sunday of every month, if anybody's ready to be water baptized, that's when we're going to do it. We're going to bring in a big old horse trough in here, and we're going to water baptize them right here in the church. If anybody has babies that need to be dedicated, which I'm pretty sure we have like three right now, we'll do that on the last Sunday of each month. And then as we welcome in new members who complete phase one of the masterpiece process, we're going to do that on the last Sunday. So any of my marketing majors out there that have a catchy name for it, you let me know, and we'll call it something, but that's what we're going to do. 24 for 2024. You guys with me? Amen. Come on. Oh, yeah. We get, a, we get a little sunburst right in the corner of the, of the camera screen there. Nice. Huh? Are you okay, Pat? Can I leave him on? Okay. Pat's okay, and Max looks good, so. His future's so bright. He's got to wear shades. Come on. <laughs> All right. So... Just because we built some numbers and got some nice light bulbs to screw in doesn't mean that 24 new believers are going to suddenly show up at church. That means that we as a church have to begin to go out and share the gospel with the unsaved. So what I want to do is when we water baptize somebody, it's not just them screwing in the light bulb. It's them and the person who shared the gospel with them screwing in the light bulb together. That's what I want to see. So what we're going to do throughout the year is we're going to do some outreaches, and the purpose of those outreaches, yes, we love our community and we want to meet the needs of those that are hurting, but the purpose of those outreaches is to give each of us an opportunity to practice sharing the gospel with people. And if you can practice it with a stranger, then you can share it with your neighbor, with your friend, with your classmates. You guys with me? We got to start sharing the gospel. So that's what we're going to do this year. Uh, there's another opportunity. I, I can't cast vision for it yet because it's not for sure yet. But an opportunity even to uh, uh, use digital videos as a way to get our story out there. So that's just a little teaser. Number two, our divine priority for 2024 is disciple making. We have adopted a phrase here at Kauai Bible Church, and that is disciple-making is not a ministry of the church. Disciple-making is the ministry of the church. It is the very thing that the church was instituted for, is to make disciples. The first step at making disciples is winning people to Jesus. 
The second step of making disciples is to water baptize them. You guys see where we're going here. The third step in making disciples is to teach them to obey all that Jesus commanded. Right? It's a lifelong journey of learning the word, learning the lifestyle, and becoming more like Jesus. Our method for disciple-making here is the masterpiece process, which Val did a wonderful job of of, uh, sharing the heart of that today. So here's what I want to do to make sure that the masterpiece process remains a priority for Kauai Bible Church this year. We're going to take three Saturdays this year, and we're going to do what we're calling refresher courses. So we took our first batch of people through the masterpiece process. We got a lot of feedback, and then we fine-tuned it uh, after all the guinea pigs <laughs> worked it out. And so what we've done is we've broken the masterpiece process up into three phases. You can do all three phases all the way through if you want to, but that was a little bit too much for some people. And so we can break it up, and you can just do phase one, and then you can take a break, and then do phase two, and then you can take a break, and then you can do phase three. And then when you've completed phase three, you're now qualified to take somebody new through phase one. And that's how disciple-making becomes multiplication. So what we want to do is we want to do these refresher courses. It's going to be like a Saturday seminar, and I call it a refresher because it's for people who have already completed that phase. So our first one is going to be Saturday, January 27th. That's three weeks away. And so anybody who has already completed phase one, even if you haven't completed phase two or three yet, that's fine. Anybody who's completed phase one, I want you to mark your calendar, and I want you to come that day. We're going to feed you lunch. There'll be plenty of food. And what we're going to do is we're going to recap all of phase one. Why? Because as humans, we leak. We get filled up, and then it slowly leaks out. And we need to be reminded, what were the important things that I learned? What were the rhythms? What were the disciplines? What what were the core values? What were those things that we learned in phase one? So we're going to do a a refresher. We're going to recap all of those things. We're going to practice those disciplines together uh, as, as a part of the course. And then ultimately, by the end of the day, everybody is going to have a facilitator's manual so that you will feel equipped and confident to take somebody else through phase one, right? Because if you're not ready to take somebody else through it, how is it going to multiply? And so those of you that are here that have not yet taken phase one, I want you to mark your calendars for the next day, January 28th, because on that day, we're going to ask you to sign up for phase one because we're going to have a bunch of people ready to take you through it. So as part of the 24 for 2024 is we all need to go through discipleship so that we can take others through discipleship. You guys with me? Come on. So that's the vision. Saturday, January 27th, all of you that have completed phase one, plan on being here that day. And then the next day, Sunday, January 28th, we're going to be taking signups for everybody who has not yet done phase one. And uh, you can do it together as a married couple. Or you can do it in a same-sex group, a a small group of men or a small group of women. So uh, that's what we're doing. Number three, let's talk about international missions. 
I would say that one of the most awesome things we did as a church in 2023 was our International Missions Conference. It was an amazing weekend where we experienced different cultures. We heard amazing stories of people that uh, uh, laid everything down to go live their lives on the mission field. And I set a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, that we could raise $15,000 for missions. And instead... We raised $23,000 for missions. So that was an amazing weekend. Here's what God put on my heart for 2024. We supported three missions works with that money. One was in Indonesia. We bought a prison ministry van, and we supported the hungry in Indonesia. The other two were church plants. So we supported financially to dig a freshwater well in a village in the Amazon jungle in Brazil. And with that freshwater well comes a church pastored by a local indigenous pastor. And then in Argentina, with Anthony and Jessica Rozier, they are about to plant their fourth church, right? They started in Samu, then Corrientes, and then Resistencia. So they've already got three churches that they're pastoring, and now they're going to plant their fourth church in San Luis del Pomar. And we have financially supported that church plant as well. So here's what God put on my heart for 2024. What if, along with the finances and the prayer that we have already invested, what if we put our feet on the ground and we were actually a part of planning those churches? And so this is what we're going to do. I don't have exact dates yet, but we're looking at approximately the first two weeks of November. So that's 10 months out, so that's plenty of time to prepare and adjust and fundraise and do all of those things. But sometime approximately the first two weeks of November, I want to send out two teams at the same time. One team is going to go to the Amazon jungle of Brazil and be a part of planting that church. The other team is going to go to Corrientes to be with Anthony and Jessica Rozier, and you're going to help all four church plants, but specifically the new one in San Luis del Pomar. I find this interesting because uh, these will be two completely opposite experiences. And so you have to pray about what experience did God design you for. In Brazil, it's going to be absolute jungle, right? Sleeping on the floor, wild animals around, we're going to be in the jungle. In Argentina, it's going to be urban ministry. You're going to be in the city. Right, Still not quite as developed as what we think of, but they're still cities. They are urban cities. So is God calling you to the jungle or is God calling you to the city? So how this works in my family is I will be leading the team to the jungle because Shannon is not called to sleep in the dirts. And I'm pretty sure Hannah's going to come with me because Hannah is called to the jungle. Shannon is going to lead the team to the city. All right, and so I want you right now to begin to pray. Would God send me to the jungle or to the city? And I want you to begin to block off just in general those first two weeks of November. And, and then we'll get exact dates here in the next month or two. But, and then we'll start fundraising. We'll start doing everything it takes. If you got to put in your PTO time to get time off of work, whatever you got to do, start doing it now uh, so that we can be ready. 
and, and let's send two teams. And who knows, maybe, maybe church would be empty that, that second Sunday of November because we're all on the mission field. But that's what we're believing for. Now, my initial thought was to do another missions conference right around the same time, which would be the last weekend of September. But as I shared it with the team, something new came out of it. And that is, wait until after the missions trips so that the next conference we do, we will have all been on foreign soil and we'll have stories to share. And that'll be a central part of the conference. So what that means is our next missions conference will most likely be January of 2025, right after we do these two missions trips in November. All right, this is going to be our focus this year. Come on, you guys excited? Come on. And I know what you're doing right now. You're thinking of all the other people that are here that are called to go do missions work. No, I want you to think about you being called to go do missions work. And finally, number four, connection to community. Connection to community. We have been, uh, what's the word? Uh, conditioned, that's the word. We have been conditioned. It was already happening, but the pandemic accelerated it a hundredfold. We have been conditioned to believe that digital connection is a one-for-one -one replacement for personal connection. And that is not true. It is not. Digital connection is a wonderful supplement to personal connection. For example, we have staff meetings every Tuesday morning. All right, if somebody uh, has sick children at home and they can't come to staff meeting, they can zoom into the staff meeting. And so they don't miss out on the staff meeting. That's a wonderful supplement but it's still better to be at staff meeting in person. All right, we do a live stream, right? We do our, uh, we record our service. We live stream it on Facebook. We put the video on our website. We call it our digital campus. Why do we do that? Number one, so that if our people are homesick or off island, they can stay connected with our church family. We also do it for people that maybe have never gone to church anywhere. They find our service online. They love it, and we can help encourage them find a church in whatever city they live in. It's a supplement. It's not supposed to be a replacement. You're not supposed to just wake up Sunday morning and be like, I don't feel like getting out of my pajamas. We're watching the digital campus today. No, that's not what it's for. We are better together. Digital connection is not a replacement for personal connection. And what we have seen since the pandemic is we have seen a crisis of loneliness, a crisis of mental health. I believe it's a part of the opioid crisis that we're seeing in America. All of it because people are losing personal connection. And so we're going to make one of our focal points this year, connection to community. And that starts with us as a church making a commitment. Unless I have a fever and I don't want to be contagious and spread a virus to the rest of the church, right? Unless I'm off island, I'm going to make it a commitment to get out of bed on Sunday morning and be in church together because there is no replacement. Use the supplement when you need the supplement, but there's no replacement for being in church together. And then that refers to belong groups, 
getting involved in belong groups, which uh, are ready to get back up and running again this week. I know uh, Mark and Val's home group is meeting on Wednesday. Uh, we've got our first men's and ladies event in, in February. Plug into belong groups and be a part of community. But that also means, again, circling back to 24 for 2024, that when we share the gospel with people, our heart is to invite them into community. Yes, that's great if you lead a complete stranger to the Lord and you pray the sinner's prayer with them and you know you're never, ever going to see him again. Hey, that's still seed for the kingdom. But what our heart is, is let's share the gospel with people in our community and then let's bring them into this community so that they can find covenant community together with us. This is the cure for loneliness. This is the cure for isolation. This is the cure. You guys with me? Come on. Connection to community. So this is our vision for 2024. 24 for 2024. Disciple making. We're going to keep the masterpiece process at the core of what we're doing. International missions. Everybody mark off those first two weeks of November and start praying about where God would have you go. And then connection to community. Let's make a renewed commitment that unless we are providentially hindered, we will be in church together on Sundays and we will find belong groups to fellowship in and then we will start bringing people into community. Amen? We read 1 Chronicles 28 this week. This is King David talking to his son Solomon. King David is at the end of his life. He's old. He knows he's going to pass away soon. And in 1 Chronicles 28, starting in verse 9, he says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him wholeheartedly and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be courageous and act. Right? So David, as an old father who knows he's about to pass away, the greatest passion of his heart is that his son would know God. Come on, seek him and you will find him. He will make a way. He knows every thought of your hearts. And he will draw you close to him. But then he reminds Solomon, you have a greater calling. Your greater calling is to build the temple. And so what does he say? He says, be courageous and act. Be courageous and act. David then, over the next eight verses, lays out very specifically what this temple is supposed to look like. Why? Look at verse 19. All of this, said David, the Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me all the details of this pattern. David actually sketched out the plans for the temple of the Lord. He was the master designer. Right? Think about this, Rodney. You've ever been stuck before. You've got creative block. You don't know how to create or design what your client wants. And then the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and God guides your hand and draws the picture for you. That's what was happening with David. God drew the temple 
by inspiring David to write with his hand. And then David takes these plans and he hands them to his son Solomon and says, build it just like this. And then continues, then David said to his son Solomon, be strong and courageous and act. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God is with you. He will not forsake you. He will not fail you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Come on. He gave him the vision and then he told him to run. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Run with it. And that encouragement from King David rings out through the generations to today as we sit here together. And we have laid out the plan. This is the vision that God gave us. Now, can we together as Kauai Bible Church, can we be courageous and run? I put it in your notes. I could not find who wrote it, so it just says author unknown But it says this, run your race with purpose, for a vision without action is merely a dream. A vision without action is merely a dream. And so we want to run. Hebrews 12.1, therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Think about that. Every believer who has ever lived and died is surrounding us like a great cloud, like we're in the middle of a stadium and the stadium is 100% sold out. Every seat is filled and they're all cheering for us. If you've ever played sports before, if you've ever run into a stadium, if you've ever heard the roar of a crowd and, and, and that rush that comes with it, We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Every believer that has gone before us is cheering us on. So what do we do? We rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us and let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Come on. There is a race that is set before us. The cloud of witnesses is cheering us on. The vision has been handed down and now the call is to run. It says, lay aside every hindrance, every obstacle, and run. So you can see in your notes, I just want to encourage you, let's run unhindered. Let's run unhindered by physical age. Now listen, I know that the older we get, the less we can do. I understand that. But it doesn't mean you have to stop. Roy just told me an amazing story yesterday. Roy used to, before the pandemic, when we were allowed to, Roy used to go to the Holly Kapuna nursing home uh, on Sundays and, and provide a, a church service and, and discipleship for the, the patients there. And he said at one point, one of the patients there was a gal from Kauai Bible Church who had an amazing anointing of intercession. She was a powerful prayer warrior. Now, in her last days, she's living in the nursing home. She's in the memory care. Dementia has set in. She doesn't really remember anything anymore. And Roy told me the story the day he went to her and said, Sister, I need healing. Will you pray for me? And she grabbed a hold of him and began to pray. And the fire of God began to fall. And and that glossed over look in her eyes suddenly came to life. What does that mean? That means the anointing was still there. 
Yes, the body had slowed down. Yes, the mind had stopped working, but the anointing was still there. So yes, you're going to be a little slower. You can do a little less, but the anointing is still there, and you can still do something. So don't let physical age be your excuse to not run with the vision. Let's run unhindered by spiritual age. So many people say, well, I'm still new in the Lord. I can't do anything significant. I, I, uh, I, I need to do more Bible studies. I need to learn a little more before I can do anything. No. The Apostle Paul, the moment that hands were laid on him and he gave his life to Christ and the blindness fell off of his eyes, he began preaching the gospel and leading people to Jesus. Now, he didn't immediately become the Apostle Paul. That took 13 years of seasoning before he was recognized as the Apostle Paul. So yes, some things in leadership take seasoning. But as a brand new believer, you can share the gospel with people. As a brand new believer, you can activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit in your life. As a brand new believer, you can serve on a ministry team. Don't let spiritual age hinder you from running with the vision. There may be some things that need to be seasoned for you to be recognized. You know, you can't just be a prophet the day after you're saved. But you can run. Let's be unhindered by a lack of resource. Let's not let that lack stop us from believing in the vision. Let me just testify for you. In 2014, it's been almost 10 years now, our church was sending a team to Uganda. And God put it on my heart to be on the team, but also to bring Andrew with me. And Andrew was 10 years old at the time. And so I believe that the trip cost something like $3,000 each. So it would have cost $6,000 for Andrew and I to go on this trip. And so we joined the team. We did all the fundraising. We, we did everything we could, and we only had raised like $2,000. And so as the trip was getting near, I went to the team leader, and I just said, hey, I'm so sorry. We did our best, but the money just didn't come in. I'll take the 2000 I raised and just donate it to the team, but, but we're not going to be able to go. So shortly before the trip, Pastor Bob called the whole team up onto the stage to pray for them. And so the team all went up there, but Andrew and I did not. And one gentleman from the church came over to me, and he said, Aaron, why aren't you guys up on stage? And I said, man, we tried, but we just didn't raise the money, man. We just can't afford to go. And he said, how short are you? And I said, we're $4,000 short. And he said, your trip is paid for. Get up on that stage. You're supposed to go. And Andrew and I ran up on that stage, and our trip was paid for. God will provide. If he called you, if you take steps of faith, he will come through and he will provide. Do not let a lack of resource hinder you from running. Let's run unhindered by scattered priorities. I'm going to spend more time on this next Sunday. But listen, we can do a lot of good things, and those good things can distract us from the God things. Let's not settle for the good things. Let's do the God things. And so when our priorities get scattered and there's a hundred different good things we, we feel like we should do or somebody asked us to do, let's, let's focus in on the God things. What is the race that's marked out for me? What am I supposed to do? Let's not be duct tape.
You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? Well, you guys know duct tape. Nowadays, we know it as like quack, quack duct tape. But that's not really what it's called. It's duct tape, D-U-C-T. Duct tape, we know it as being good for hundreds of things, man. You can fix anything with duct tape. And it'll hold two things together. Now people make purses and clothes out of it, right? I mean, they, people get creative with duct tape. It's good for a bunch of things. But did you know this? That duct tape failed at the one thing it was actually created to do, which is tape ducts together. Why? Because duct tape does not hold up to change in temperature. And so air ducts, obviously, for heaters, they get hot. For air conditioners, they get cold. The temperature changes. The duct tape disintegrates, and it doesn't work. Let's not be duct tape. Let's not do 100 good things but miss out on the things we were actually created for. Let's not be hindered by scattered priorities. Let me have the worship team come back up today. Let's not be hindered by doubts. Come on, let's have faith. Let's believe. All it takes is a mustard seed. Do we just have a mustard seed today to say, I believe in the vision, and I'll run with it. I can't imagine how it's going to work, but I'm going to run with it. I'm going to believe together with my church family, and I'm going to run with it. And finally, let's run unhindered by sin. Hebrews 12.1 says, let's lay aside the sin which so easily entangles us. We all deal with sin. We'll deal with it as long as we live in this fallen flesh. And there may be different things that motivate different people to finally address their sin and deal with their sin. But I just want to encourage us today, what if that thing that motivates you is that there's an exciting vision to be a part of? And if you're tangled up in your sin, you're not going to be able to be a part of it. And so today we would make a decision. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to open up to a brother or sister in Christ. I'm going to find one of the shepherds of Kauai Bible Church, and I'm going to ask them to help me. And I'm going to get untangled from this sin because I don't want this sin to hold me back from being a part of this vision. Amen? Will you stand together with me? Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we commit this moment before you. Jesus, Jesus, we commit this moment before you. You have given us the vision, Lord. Now would you give us the courage to run with it. I pray for every member of Kauai Bible Church, whether they've been a part of this church for 50 years or for 50 hours, I don't know. But Lord, that we would catch the vision, that we would be filled with faith, that we would be filled with courage, and each one of us would begin to discover the part that we play That together, when we're all knitted together and we're each doing our parts, the church is going to thrive and be full of love. And just like $15,000 seemed like a BHAG and God blew it out of the water, 24 seems like a BHAG right now. But God, I ask you to blow it out of the water. I pray every new believer that gets water baptized just breathes fresh fire upon this church that, Lord, we just can't help but share the gospel with our neighbor, with our coworker, with our loved one. We just can't help but pray for people. We just can't help but serve people because there's a fire that is burning, and we are so excited to be a part of it. Let it begin to burn, we ask, Lord. God, I pray that you would minister to each heart right now.
where are we hindered? What have been the excuses, the rationalizations? What have been the entanglements? Has it been physical age? Has it been spiritual age? Has it been doubt? Has it been scattered priorities? Has it been a lack of resources? Is it a certain sin? Whatever the hindrance is, God, I pray that you would minister to it directly to each person right now. That we would lay down these hindrances and we would run free. We would run free with the vision. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song right now about trusting in God. And as we sing it, let the Holy Spirit minister to you. And I want to encourage you, lay down whatever it is that's going to hold you back. And let's run together with the vision.